0: Now, before we get started, don't forget to visit optimizeyourself.me podcast so you can subscribe, leave a review, and so you can also download your unique customized podcast playlist where I'm gonna send you the five best expert interviews from our archives to help you achieve your specific goals. So on that note, without further ado, let's get right to today's guest. And now on to today's show, which is part two of my marathon interview with Ace Editor Steve Lang, who truly means it when he says, If I can help somebody get a job, it's almost just as satisfying as if I got the job myself. As we discussed in part one of our marathon interview together, not only did Steve play a huge role in getting me my first television editing job on Burn Notice, despite, of course, the fact that I didn't have any experience doing television whatsoever— but he has also helped countless numbers of his other assistants get into the editing chair and move on to their own successful careers. Now, if you missed part one, you might wanna go back and listen to that first, where we discuss in detail how Steve has navigated a varied career in post-production while also avoiding getting pigeonholed and how it's possible to use skills over experience to get the jobs that you want if you know how to tell the right story. What you're going to hear in part two is Steve's philosophy on mentoring his assistants, how he approaches his editor's cuts, and his best advice for making the transition from assistant to editor. We also dive into Steve's work habits, his lifestyle choices, and how he has learned to balance his intense focus abilities to avoid wreaking havoc on his health and his relationships. I just gotta say that Steve has generously shared some amazing knowledge and experience through mentorship over the years, and I am beyond grateful that he has given his time to talk with me and also share his wisdom with you. All right, without further ado, part two of my conversation with ACE editor, Steve Lang. You and I have one fundamental flaw which is that we want to hire assistant editors that don't want to be assistant editors. (coughs) We want to find people that really want to cut so we can mentor and we can help them grow, which means we always have to keep looking for good assistant editors, which is really frustrating. And I partly learned that from you, but there's a method to the madness. So why won't you just hire somebody that you can keep under your wing forever?
1: Uh, Because, listen, listen. You know, it's a good question. It's not that I, it's not that I wouldn't, because like I said, I, I have some friends that are sort of those lifetime uh, assistants, but you know I mean? Like they tend to be, you know, like I said, they tend to be more than nine to fives, which, you know, which I'm, I'm fine with, but you know, I, I tend to work on on shows that need those little sort of extra touches. You know, um, they're not they're not easy sort of necessary to put together. So, in the sense that, you know, I mean, I need a little bit more, and so I, I catch myself. You know, like I get I get more excited when I when I see that excitement of somebody who's sort of young and hungry. You know, like I've got a very simple approach when it comes to it because I, like, you know, I get the I get your type of calls a lot, and you know, now it's, you know, easier to have phone calls and sort of get together beyond just the pandemic stuff. But, but what, what I do is, you know, I give them the playbook. It's the playbook that's worked for almost every assistant, you know, that I've, that I've hired, which is if you're starting from nothing, you know, you got to go, you got to go into the reality world. You know, you, you you gotta, you gotta make all your calls and you got to figure out a way. I mean, I, I can sort of introduce you to some people that are in that world and, and see if there's there's you know they can keep their ears and eyes open but get yourself in that reality world you know get you know get abused but trust me this the abuse you're going to get there you're going to literally come back and you're going to be like I know you're road tested when you've sort of gone through that and the people that have reached out to me and sort of followed that that playbook the uh, Every single one of them, uh, I, they have had success. You know, what I mean, it, it it wasn't one of those like, I can't, you know, I I can't make it happen. I can't, you know. What what I ended up doing though is, you know, because it's always one of those keep, you know, keep in contact with me. Let me know how things are going. You know, so you know the ones that are really serious because they actually follow up. You know, uh, uh, six months from now, you hear from them again. Hey, just want to let you know, I'm doing this show. I'm doing this, blah blah blah. You know, fantastic you know and then all of a sudden you get that call hey i'm looking for an assistant you know like you know anybody sort of young i you know i'm like you know i mean i said i've been talking with this person I feel I've got a good feeling about them, you know, But uh, you know, but why don't you meet with them and see, you know, with the understanding that at some point I might steal them back because, you know, if I'm looking for, you know, these are, these are people that I, I, I feel like I, you know, I put the time in, in terms of getting them sort of, you know, mentally sort of ready for, for what it, what it kind of takes. So um, I've had really good success when it in, in that sort of sense of, you know, and, and it's, like I said, it's a constant sort of getting those phone calls. What do I need to do here? You know, let me introduce you to these three assistant, you know, editors that I know. You know, that I that basically follow this playbook and have had a lot of good success for it. You know, call them and and everybody like everybody's been, you know, is always good in terms of taking those phone calls and 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 helping out. And that's that's one of those things. And I I try to like emphasize like the importance of that because it really is, you know, because I do it without an agent, you know, never, you know, I've never had the agent and never done that. It's sort of the goodwill of, of the, you know, the creators, the writers and, uh, and people and all that's that I've, that I've worked with that I've been sort of fortunate to sort of keep it, you know, but uh, uh, but then and the most important thing I want to say because I always like, you know, when I have these conversations with assistants, you know, like, I I always stress like the the most important thing you need to remember is we work in a very creative field, you know, and everyone needs to feel like they're part of the process, you know, because it's so easy, especially as an editor. You know, obviously I'm, you know, I'm one of those who tries to get the show 90% there in the editor's cut, because I believe if my editor's cut is close, then that director and producer's cut, that can go so smoothly and easily as compared to, and I get it, you know, uh, you know, some people like, you know, they put it together and they wait for someone to give them direction. And then you know, it keeps getting better and it keeps getting better. And then by the time you lock it, it's it's there. But you know, like I don't necessarily wait. I like you know, I can problem solve. I, I know where the issues are. You know, I I you know, I, I try and get this this thing close. But you know, but uh, but you also got to remember that it is a process. So you know, what I mean, even though I think this editor's cut is, you could basically lock this thing tomorrow and air it the next day, and it's and it's never going to get better. You know uh, sometimes you nail things and sometimes you don't you know and it's not a fight of oh no, this is the only way it's it needs to be done. it's oh I, I, you know what I know what you're saying I, I what you tell me what you don't what you're not liking right now and let me see how I can solve it you know and then, you know I mean when I figured that out, I really did sort of to me the process got even better because I was one of those guys that used to fight oh my God, you know, it was, you know, in terms of just really making sure that my cut was, was the one that sort of survived. And, and then, it, you know, and then I realized, I don't know if I was that, that much fun in the editing for sometimes with, and I, I was told that once or twice. And then you, and then, you know, like I said, those are those things where you realize, oh, I don't, I don't want it to be a unpleasant experience. So let me, let me figure out a way to to, to figure this out. So, you know, it's, it's the one thing I try and stress to the assistants early on is just just remember that, you know, it's a, a very creative process and we gotta, you got to make sure everyone feels like they're, they're part of that process.
0: You and I are very much the same as far as the editor's cut philosophy, where similar to you, I'm going to give them what I think is airable. I'm going to deliver the editor's cut. My dream, by the way, is to go from editor's cut to lock just like you. Don't think I'm ever going to achieve it, but boy, is that the dream. The point being, that's the mentality of how I'm putting an editor's cut together: the sound and the music, and every cut perfect. And I'm, it's not like here's this kind of a rough assembly. What do you think? It's more here, air this. You got a problem with it? Tell me what you want to fix, but air this. Right? <laughs> a little more polite. You and I have a similar philosophy. What I'm curious to to learn more about, I want to dive into this idea of the playbook a little bit deeper. I love this concept of the playbook. There's two sections of the playbook that I think are really important to cover. The first of which, let's assume that I'm the person that's done all the reality. I've gotten my hours. I've paid my dues. If I want to get your attention or somebody similar to you, but I don't have the experience, what do I need to tell you to get over the hump of, you know what? This person's never done scripted, but I think they can and I'm willing to take the chance. What is the story- As an
1: assistant editor? Are you talking about as an assistant editor?
0: If you're an assistant in reality, you don't have any scripted experience, people believe I can't do it without scripted experience. It's a catch 22. What do I need to tell you to convince you otherwise?
1: Well, I I mean, let's see, me personally, you don't have to tell me anything because I don't like the, whether I've done scripted or not, like I know your road test because, what the scripted, I mean, what the reality world is doing compared to what we're doing, it's a cakewalk. You know what I mean? Like, you, I mean, you guys are, you know, they're, you know, in that scripted world, like, they're 10 years ahead of us in terms of everything is finished. You know, they're finishing in that room. They're doing sound. They're doing all of that stuff. They're working with, you know, five editors at a time. Like, Now you're telling me you're going to come and work on a one-on-one relationship with like me and all of that energy that you were putting in, in terms of, you know, working over multiple like editors, like I'm going to get that, all that focus myself. Like it really, it really, you don't have to convince me, you know, uh, uh, too much with that. Um, when it comes to the assistant editor, you know, like I said, I don't think that's a, uh, that's a problem at all. It just comes down to what you're sort of comfortable with, because obviously when you're dealing with that, you're also dealing with, you know, like, you know, not from the, obviously the technical aspect of it, you don't, but you do, you know, when it comes to the cutting, because obviously it's like, oh, I want to cut, I want to do this, I want to do that. Then you start throwing them some, you know, some scenes, you let them do the sound stuff, you know, you get, you know, all the stuff that you don't want to do, um, and then you start letting them cut. And that's the cutting is where it, it always like, you know, that's where you go, oh, okay, this person like, you know, like I, I definitely had the assistance where you, you where the, one of the first things you get from them, you're like, oh, shit, this guy can cut, you know, like, oh, he's, he's good, you know, like, like, which is kind of like, oh, thank God. And then there's other times where you're just like, eh, okay, you know, like we're gonna, di- we have to dig in because, you know, it's easy to take a scene away and just fix it, you know, but they don't learn too much, you know? So I try, you know, I might be the hands, but I'll try and get them to come in the room. Hey, let's sit down. Let's talk about it. You know, uh, I like what you did here. You know, this moment here, I don't feel like we're being realized and it, it's, you know, like, remember, we're talking about this, this, and that. So I do try and, you know, like I said, be able to sort of talk through exactly what it is, what I'm liking or what I, I don't like. And then you know, at a certain point too, like I always like to try to remind is I go, listen, at a certain point, it's going to come down into individual taste, you know, like it's not that it's not working here, but I don't like doing these type of cuts, you know, or I don't like jumping the line in this sort of way. Um If I, you know, if I give this scene to, you know, if I, if we're, if we're both cutting the same scene, it's not going to be exactly the same. Hopefully the, you know, the idea of the scene is going to be the same, but it's not going to be cut by cut. So, you know, I mean, I, I always try to encourage where you think I might've destroyed this scene, meaning like, you know, like I just took it away and just kinda, and but I mean, it doesn't mean you were wrong. It just means this is how I like to sort of do things, you know, But and these are the things that you can sort of work on or, and not work on. So, you know, like I I, I always try and make it a, a, a learning experience. Um, and and when we talk about like, what we talked about in terms of that editor's cut, I, you know, I need those assistants that are willing to kind of you know, to go that sort of extra mile because there's no way to do an or just cut like that unless you kind of have have that type of assistant kind of working with you too. You
0: yeah, know? I think that a, a huge point that I always emphasize to people is the quality of my assistant editor dictates the quality of my life while I'm on a show. Yes. If I have to manage everything about them and walk them through the process and basic issues aren't done and I have to cut all my scenes and do all my sound design, my life is hell. I want a creative partner where some other editors, they just want to hoard all of the work, do everything. You know what? Do my dailies, do my exports, do my visual effects list. I can't even imagine working that way because I'd work 90 hours a week. Yeah, I said, I, I don't understand because, uh, you know, the the, the thing that's cr- – that that I
1: laugh about now because when I meet you know these young guys so when I talk about like so what sort of experience of you know you know avid premiere, you know, I mean they're like you know <laughs> the knowledge that they have now compared to like what I had when I started. I mean, I literally opened up that Avid book from page one and it was a thick book, and I just turned the page and just kind of looked at the windows, and you know, what I mean, like just from the technical aspect. And meanwhile, like nowadays, you know, the, you know, they have just as much knowledge as as I do. They don't realize how much sort of knowledge it is. And sometimes I have to remind them like. Okay, either you're a visual effects editor or you're an editor. Like in theory, you could be both, but do you want to spend 90 hours a week doing trying to do everything? Like it's, you know, what I mean, like I love cutting, you know, like I love doing music, you know. The rest of it, it's like I need, I need an assistant who can who's really good with sound. I need, you know, an assistant who can cut where I can throw them scenes and know I'm gonna get something back that's in decent shape. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's it's truly like when I'm when I'm meeting with people and talking, I know exactly what to ask, and I can tell right away. Like, okay, this person, you know, has got the, it definitely has the potential. Because when they say, "Oh, I don't know anything about visual effects," or eh, I'm not much of a sound guy," then it's like, first you know, nice meeting you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, don't,
0: I don't know about that.
1: Yeah, it's like those are the type of things where you're just like, okay, yeah, but, you know, thanks for, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: My sincerest apologies for the interruption. But if you're a creative professional who spends long hours at your workstation, not only is the following promo not an interruption, but listening has the potential to change your life. Because working with a topo mat underneath you at a height adjustable workstation is a game changer. Let's learn a little bit more from ergo driven co-founder and CEO Kit Perkins, creator of the Topomat. The Topomat is the first. Anti-fatigue mat designed specifically for standing desks. The real benefit of a standing desk is movement. We found bringing in this cushioned terrain under your feet, your brain just subconsciously engages and you wander around and you get that movement at the standing desk that you need without even having to think about it at all. People will come to me at an event or a panel and they'll say, I got the Tobo mat because of you. Even when they had a mat, once they used this one, it was a total game changer. We've just heard time and time again that with Tobo, we've kind of hit the sweet spot that it's the right premium quality materials and a right shape that people are actually getting benefit out of this stuff you spend more time here than anywhere if you do creative work the way that i do so i would rather be driving around in a ferrari than a ford pinto and i feel like this is the ferrari of the standing mat one of the things you don't realize is that at a standing desk your main interface to the world your body's main interface to the world is the ground if you're going to invest in anything at that ferrari level to have the right mat underneath you, which is why I continue to share the Topo mat as my number one product recommendation. To learn more about the Topo mat and purchase yours, visit optimizeyourself.me slash topo. That's T-O-P-O. Yeah, not, not a good fit. I'm right there with you. Uh, what I always emphasize is that number one, your job is to make this person's life easier in whatever way you possibly can. And what you also need to emphasize, and this is something I tell all of my students, you don't need to know everything because the people that are in reality, they're thinking, I just, I don't understand turnovers and this and that. It's like, it doesn't matter. Do you know enough to not get fired on the first day? That's it. Show up and know enough. You can learn everything else on the fly. If you're a problem solver and you can work hard, you don't need to know everything. You can learn it. Just be in a position where you can succeed your first day. From there, Everything else will happen. That, and I find that that's been good, useful advice for people that just feel like, "Oh, I'm not ready yet." Like, you're never going to be ready. I wasn't ready to cut burn notice. Are you kidding? I was completely out of my league, but I figured it out.
1: Yes, but uh, you want to? We're going to jump back for a second because when I, when I used to run post, here's the thing that I I did used to like. So obviously, when you're when you're working in post production, when you're working with a, a post producer who nine times out of ten knows nothing about the ins and outs of post. They don't realize, like, oh, I, I totally f-ed up this output. Like, f- like thirty minutes into, it, you're like, oh, f- I gotta start this thing over. Uh, um, so, you know, then they come in, hey, what's going on? Oh, system crashed. You know, like, uh, I, you know, I gotta, you know, I gotta start over. It's gonna take another hour. You know. Like, those are those moments where it was like, what the f- did you just do? Like I, like, I know you, you you know, like, what did you forget to do? Because there's no way the system, there's no way to tell me the this, this system crashed. There, those are those sort of moments where, you know, that you could sort of get away with, uh, with things that you normally can't when you don't have someone who's a, a creative person in terms of posts. Cause you know, like, w- cause you were talking about as long as you don't get fired on that first day. I mean, yes, those are the type of things where, you know, the technical aspects can be learned very, very quickly. You know, the rest of the stuff, like I said, I, I I don't mind. I don't mind teaching any of that stuff. I just need to know you have a general, you know, understanding of of what of what it is that it takes. You know, and 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 you're willing to sort of work hard enough to you know to figure that stuff out.
0: Now I want to dive into one of the biggest conflicts with the way that our departments are organized and again you're a very unique person they can, they can look at it from both perspectives as an editor you have a very specific need for an assistant that has a drive to do creative work that wants to go above and beyond that wants to do the sound design that maybe wants to do 10 visual effects cut a scene here or there to offload your workload co-producer doesn't care the co-producer has the assistant editor for very specific purposes that frankly have nothing to do with the editor And as you know, there is a lot of conflict between the producer and the editor, and the assistant is stuck in between both of them serving two completely different masters. Sure. So how how do you manage that both as an editor, as an assistant editor, and a co-producer? Because it's a very fragile relationship that I've seen lead to people not being a part of a team because one of the three pieces didn't fit.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, and I feel like during our period when we were working together, that was that was sort of an issue because, you know, it was bad enough that it was a two editor, two assistant, but it was like, okay, we'll give you a three editor, but you're only going to have two assistants, which means some, you know, some assistant has to share the responsibility with the third editor, which, you know, like a show like that, it was all, like, I used to, sometimes I used to say, it's almost easier with a a two-on-two because at least it's a one-on-one relationship. You know what I mean? We're, we're we're in this battle together in a three-on-two. And thank God that world has pretty much gone away. I haven't been in one of those situations in a long time, nor do I think I'd let myself be into one of those situations. That That's like one of those things where you say, well, what's going to decide? Like, yeah, that's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I'm not working on that show. But yes, I mean, that's a, that's a tough position to be in. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, I can do my own sound. I could do my own music. I I mean I, in theory I could do everything if I had to. And there's there's sometimes there's you know I've been in those not recently but where it's like okay I'm just going to have to dive in here and do a little bit more than sort of expected, um, because it, it, like I said, it isn't fair. Because I, you know, obviously you, you always have the assistant who's willing to kind of go that extra mile. I'll take care of this sort of after, but it's like, you know, dude, I don't want you to be here until midnight, and I don't want, you know, what I mean, like, there's, you know, there there will be conversations that I'll have just to say, hey, you know, what what's the importance here? Because I've got a cut that's going out. I need, you know. I need this, this, and that. I, I feel like when you have those conversations, um, you, you know what I mean. You can, you know, you can usually figure out a workaround or, or a workflow that can that sort of can benefit both. But you know, you gotta you, you gotta have those conversations instead of those those shouting matches of you know I'm not being supported and all of that crazy and nonsense.
0: Yeah, I've I've been in the middle of uh, more than one of those, as I'm sure you have as well. So the second part of the playbook that we haven't talked about yet, which I think you can provide so much insight into. First part of the playbook, how do I just break into scripted? The second part is more complex. I'm a highly skilled assistant editor. Maybe I've cut a bunch of scenes. Maybe I even have an additional editor credit, a co-editor credit or two. I just can't get the chair. I cannot get that first season. What do I need to do to make that happen?
1: I know those are, those are tough ones. Cause I said I've, there's a, I've got a couple of those, you know, that I, that I still sort of talk with and it's, it's so weird how those, you know, some, some of those opportunities just open up just perfectly for some people and others. It just, you know, it, it just, for whatever reason, it just doesn't happen as simple. Um, you know, it, it's frustrating because obviously the idea of, you know, you always like, I got to go back to that first season show to sort of, Hope for that, you know, for that 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 opportunity again. You know, I I wish. I mean, I wish I had a better answer. But in you know, but in terms of that, it's you just got to. It's the persistence part of just, you know, of of not sort of just giving up and 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 like said, you know, setting yourself up for that that opportunity so when it comes, it just doesn't go away. But you know, I mean, you know, you know, it's one thing about getting that that first credit or that first season, but, you know, but the show goes away and all of a sudden it's like, I'm back to sort of square one, you know? So at the end of the day, I think, you know, the, there's enough opportunities and like I said, it might not happen right away, but I mean, the the opportunity will come again and and if it's a right fit, it's just, it's, it's going to happen. You know, uh, you you just got to, you got to believe ultimately that it's going to happen.
0: As a supervising editor that hires younger editors, especially ones that were your own little uh, underlings as assistants. But let's say that there wasn't uh, somebody that you brought up from assistant. They're just a young editor with maybe a season at the most. Let's say you don't have a relationship with them. What do I need to do to convince you? that I can do a season of TV knowing that I've been a highly skilled assistant, I've worked on great shows, I've done some of my own cutting, as you know, a lot of it isn't credited. What do I need to do to convince you that I can sit in that chair and I can do a season?
1: <laughs> um, it's really going to come down to personality. You know what I mean? Like, it, you know, I like, cause obviously we're going to just sit down and we're going to have a, a conversation kind of like with you, you know what I mean? And I'm going to be able to feel out and assess, you know, we're going to talk movies, you know what I mean? We're going to like, I, I'm going to kind of push, push your buttons a little bit in terms of, you know, to, to make sure that we're sort of on a similar sort of wavelength in terms of you know the the type of material that we're gonna, you know, like obviously it's gonna depend on the show too. So you know I'm gonna have a, a very specific. I mean I can give a good a good example in terms of like the what we're working on now. You know uh, the 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 third editor spot ended up being hired. We hired a guy who very familiar with his work but never worked with before. So it, it, you know I mean it's it's. It, it works both ways, you know, like, you know, he has a, he had a great, repu- uh, great reputation, Lance Luckey. Um, and so it was one of those, you know, t- you know, somewhat similar, you know, he happened to reach out to me when we were, you know, when we were sort of looking and it was like, oh my God, Lance, you're available. I said, you know what, uh, do me a favor, you know, send me your resume, because, you know, it was one of those things where perfect drama. You know, I mean, uh, action, comedy kind of had a little bit of, of everything. And it was one of those like, this is exactly what we're looking for in terms of, 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 of for an editor. So, I mean, in t- that's in terms of someone with, with with credits. If you don't have the credits, but you have the passion, listen, you know I mean? You know me. So it's like, it's not going to be as difficult um, in the sense that. Like I'm willing to sort of uh, uh, to take a chance, but I can see where, you know, without sort of the credits, you know, you're you're going to be in a situation um, where it, it might be a little bit tougher. But, you know, I I think kind of like what you what you sort of did you know, you need to sort of suss out, you know, what you're, you know, who you're sort of dealing with in terms of maybe, the, you know, credits that they've worked on, the shows that, that they've worked on. You know, like, you know, we uh, some of the interviews we had, uh, one of the, the editors it sent me a really nice note in terms of a show that I worked on, you know, which was, you know what I mean, like it was a while ago, but I, I really appreciated the sentiment of just, you know what I mean, of taking the time Uh, Doing the little bit of research, you know, uh, being able to sort of break down and and talking about uh, the episode and 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 this, you know, the scene um, the way they did. So it's that type of stuff. It's 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 the details. I mean, listen, at a certain point, you know, you have you know, you know, obviously when I go in for interviews, you know, the resumes is there. You know, usually I'm already you know I've been recommended, so it's not as pressured as it might be for, you know, for someone who's just, you know what I mean, trying to kind of, kind of get that break. But I, I think it's those type of, those type of details, you know, um, of kind of trying to, trying to figure out uh, the world you're stepping into the you know, the type of person that you're, you might be meeting with. I think those are the things that, you know, I mean, listen, not, you know, the, the internet's a beautiful thing. You can Google almost anything. So you could, you know, you can find out. And I've, I've caught my, like, I've done that a lot of times, you know, like sometimes I think it's worked really well, you know, in terms of, uh, of being able, you know, it's helped me in terms of interviews. Um, and then, but then it's funny. Cause you know, like I remember one of the, one of the better interviews I had with, walking into a situation where I felt like, cause I didn't really know anybody. Um, it was one of those like, oh, I got this, like this one. I, I nailed this one. Like um, I'm getting this job, did not get this job, you know? So even sometimes when you feel like, oh, this is, this one's gonna happen, you know? And then you have those ones where you're not sure about. It, and then by the time you, you actually get to your car, you, you know, you get the call, like we want you. And you're like, you do? <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, let's do this, you know? So you know it's like i said it sometimes it's sometimes you don't know but but um but i think you got you got to put in the time to to at least you know set yourself up to present yourself in a way that this person that you're going to sort of excite the person you're 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 meeting with
0: going back to this idea of the assistant editor trying to get into the chair we've talked about all the the personality and the things they can bring to it and that they can convince you with what's the bare minimum when you say It's a deal breaker if you're not at least at this level. I don't care how passionate you are, how much research you've done on me or the show. If you're not at least here, you probably need to do more work before I'd even consider you.
1: You're talking about getting into the chair? Into the editor's editor's chair.
0: No, getting into the editor's chair. What's the bare minimum where you say, I love you, we had a great meeting, but it's it's not enough. You need to at least get to this point where I'm willing to take a chance on you to give you the editor's chair. Uh,
1: Listen, I'm gonna, you know, at a minimum, you're gonna have to have cut a couple of episodes you know co-editing you know what i mean like i get all of that stuff you're, if you're, if you if you've got no credits it's it's going to be tough i mean if you just have assisting credits that's that's going to be that's going to be a tough situation um you know i would pr- what would probably you know what would help is you know, uh, co-editing credits, but I would probably need some really good recommendations too. So I, you know, I would need, you know, you you would, you would need to be able to have, uh, an editor call me and be able to, to, to have a conversation where I can kind of almost grill them to, to feel like, okay, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, I, I I like you. I trust you. I like your work. You know, what I mean, if you're saying these type of things, then this is something that you know that that I'm willing to listen to to more for sure. I need a I need some I need a couple of credits. You know, and like I, I know that's a little deceiving because listen, you know, when it comes to the credits thing, uh, you know, uh, you know my my assistants whenever I can get them an opportunity in terms of co-editing stuff, like I'm um, you know I'm I'm totally game for it. Um, so, you know, like I know how much my assistants work and how 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 deserving they are, you know, in terms of, of those credits. Uh, but I mean, the code anything doesn't mean anything. It's kind of like when people say, hey, do you have a reel?" And it's like, yeah, no. I mean, I like, do. You want to you can watch any episode, but I could also watch you and explain to you the craziness of how I put that scene together, which is probably better than ultimately what you're seeing here or, you know what I mean? So there's, you know, that stuff is always, I always kind of find a little bit, you know, I'm not sure, you know, it, it, to me, it's, it's more about personality. You know what I mean? Like, can I sit in a room with this guy, you know, now granted, we're in a position where in, especially in television, you know, it, it it's not like a movie where you know i'm going to sit with this guy for the next you know 8 or 10 months you know uh, we have the luxury of every month it's you know you're you're working with a new director and you know, it's kind of what i love about television is no matter how good or bad it is in a month you get to start the process all over again i mean obviously love the process got to love the process because you know sometimes you work on good shows and sometimes you don't you know so you know but as long as you love the process it's it's always going to be a, a pleasant experience,
0: Yeah, I'm in TV for the exact same reason, because I was doing features and I'm thinking, I can't work on the same 90 minute thing for six months, eight months, 10 months with the same people, I just can't do it. TV's perfect, and like you said, you, you you wait a month and you might have something much better. I remember on Burn Notice, no offense to Burn Notice, but I worked on my least favorite episode ever right before working on my favorite episode of the whole series. Like they actually overlap for like a week. That's what I love about TV. Like one was just like pulling teeth. Like, are they really gonna air this? Like, I remember thinking, <laughs> what are they doing? This is not the show. The next episode was my favorite thing ever. I'm so proud of it.
1: I always remember that you had that episode where they did that whole created that whole oh the montage. Where you, where, yes, that was the, the opening montage was, five. Yes. I so I I remember I remember seeing it, and then I think I had a conversation with Matt Nixon said. Thank God we hired Zach because if I had to do this, like I think I would have quit, you know, like you were so young and hungry, like you would have done anything. And it was fantastic. Like it was one of those things where it was like, okay, this, you know, I mean, like, this is exactly like the type of person we needed for the show. Because unfortunately, it was one of those shows where, you know, sometimes things worked brilliantly and sometimes they didn't. And then once you had to think outside the box. Oh my God, that could just take you in a direction of like, forget it, you know, and that was so good. Like he could fix, he could fix things so easily with a voiceover, but then all of a sudden you're like, I need to put picture so this doesn't just feel like a, you know, a voiceover.
0: That's optimizeyourself.me slash qor three six zero. Yeah, I've I've done entire presentations on the before and after of just that. It's still <laughs> one of the proudest moments of my You're 20-year career. Like, can I career. borrow that? <laughs> I, I'd be more than happy to, to, to let you borrow, but that was, I, I won't go too deep into it, but that was one of the proudest moments of my career where it was like, It was like the confluence of all the experience in short form and promos and advertising and trailers and long form. And the ironic thing is that multiple people said, we're so glad you had trailer experience to put this together, when in reality it was, well, he's got trailer experience. Can we really hire him? I'm like, come on.
1: Exactly. I know no i know it's it's so it's such a fine line it re- like it really is like to me that i get excited when i see someone who has that type of diversity you know uh, on their their editing resume because i know how difficult it is to be able to kind of do all of that you know but yeah i mean it's like i said it's a business that just constantly you know constantly wants to pitch i mean I, you get it you know i mean you know there's you know there's there's money at stake and, you know, people like said, you're doing a comedy, like there are a lot of good half hour comedy editors out there that just love to just do that and don't want to do anything else. So, you know, it, it'd be so much easier just to, to hire one of them. But I get excited when you get those guys that like I said, think more outside the box and it's like, no, I want a different perspective because it's like, I can give you a different perspective, trust me. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. So the, the last question, this is going to be a total tangent segue from everything we've talked about, but it's clearly the foundation of everything I've been, uh, been building for the last several years, which is not just being successful, but doing it without losing your mind or your health in the process. And you are an incredibly hard worker, but it has it has come at the expense of your health more than once. So, would you for be willing sure. to talk uh, talk some about the challenges that you've had with your health navigating your career?
1: Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, you know, I got diagnosed with Crohn's disease, and was it god 2000 and 2004 and it was you know it was a it was a it was a scary time for me because obviously never been sick before and you know and um and you know to you know like i said wake up one day next day you're in the hospital next day you're having surgery and then sort of dealing with complications and all of this other stuff um you know it was a it was a a hard process in terms of kind of getting back to sort of my healthy self and in the process trying to continue a career trying to sort of maintain a career, you know, trying to find the balance in terms of that career to sort of keep yourself uh, healthy. It's, you know, it's a, you know, post-productions is a tough, is a tough one when it comes to the the health stuff. I mean, I, obviously you're one of those guys on the forefront in terms of, you know, trying to change all that around and, you know, and, and, and I always appreciate all that, all that because it's you know the patterns of post-productions, the late hours, the bad eating habits, just the 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 sitting, you know, like uh uh all of that stuff is just so you know is is not conducive to a a healthy you know, lifestyle, um, at all. And, you know, just, just those minimal amount of, of changes from the standing desk to the mats, to the, just, you know, going out and going for walks. Like I, you know, I can remember working with Peter, one of my first editors, and he used to like to do the walk thing and, you know, I catch him, he'd just be staring, you know, and, he, and I'd be like, what are you like, what are you doing? I, oh, it's good to just kind of focus in the distance on something that, you know, in terms of the eyes, because of the, the eye strain and all that stuff. And, you know, you're always just like, oh yeah, I'd never even thought of something like that but But he's not working
0: (laughs) he's not doing stuff he's wasting
1: time (laughs) no but like you know and listen you know like it's easy to sort of get into those good and bad habits i mean just the in terms of the the stop working with the pandemic i mean you know i put 10 pounds on like like that you know i mean like next thing i know I was one of those guys that said I'm never going to watch Walking Dead. Everyone keeps talking about Walking Dead, like, and just you know, next thing I know, I binged like nine seasons of it. Like,
0: in, you made it all the way through weeks. nine. Good for you. I think I, I gave up yeah I, made it, yeah, I mean, it was one of those.
1: Like, I basically got to the point where it's like, okay, I, you know, I, I got what I needed. I think I feel like I'll get back to it eventually, maybe. But it, they but I got me. sort of what I. Yeah, I got what I sort of needed out of it ultimately, but uh, you know, next day, you know, I'm just notching, I'm doing this, and you know, so you know, uh, in terms of the the, the health aspect, yeah, I, it's it's a little bit of a battle. I mean, obviously, you know, uh, I feel good, feel great now, um, you know, try and be conscious about all of that, uh, about all of that stuff. But uh, but at times it can be very, very difficult.
0: I don't think I've ever worked with anybody that has the level of hyper-focus that you do. I think the only person that could maybe compete with you is me. Other than that, you like you would just come in. And when I say come into the job, you'd mosey in you know, 11, 30, 12 o'clock, maybe one o'clock, <laughs> totally on your own schedule. But then oh, totally. I, I remember the few late nights that I had because I would come a lot earlier because I had kids. But there were some times that I would stay late and I'd walk out the door at 1 a.m., there you are, light's still on. You're just cutting I away. Know. Come say hi, and you're just in it. So what's what's the line for you? Where do you say, you know what? I do got to watch out for what I'm doing, and I need to be careful of my health because I know you've crossed that line more than once. Like, how do you know yourself as somebody with such crazy hyper focus? As much as I want to cut, I got to step away. This is this is kind of my 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 line that I don't want to cross.
1: Yeah, I mean it's 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 interesting because there was a period where. It's probably true, but I felt like I did my best work after 6 p.m. You know, there was like, you know, because I'm I would I'm one of those later guys, right? That, you know, but there's just so many distractions. There's so many things kind of going on. Then all of a sudden, everyone starts to disappear around 6 o'clock. And, and all of a sudden, my focus is just there. And then I'm just off to the races, you know? So, you know, it's I, I battled myself in terms of trying to reprogram. And say, you know, it's not the reality is, if I can just if I can sort of focus myself, so when I step in, I'm just kind of going, there's no reason to have to go to do these sort of late, late hours. So it's been interesting, because obviously now being able to work straight from home and going from the bedroom into an office you know, now I sit here and go, Ooh, this is, you know I mean? This is the situation I think I've been waiting for my entire life, you know? Which is very
0: dangerous because it's very addicting. It is,
1: you know? So it's like, you know, and I've had those conversations, how long is this going to, you know, how long do you think this is going to go on? I said, it's going to go on for, you know, if A, it makes, it makes viable sense for, you know, financially for the studios networks, you know, it's going to depend on who you're working with because, you know, a lot of the younger uh, 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 Showrunners, they don't—they don't care if they're sitting there in an office. That you know, you know, some of the older ones, they definitely like the idea of being able to be in the room. But you know, if anything, I feel like I'm used to—I'm working with the directors more than I probably ever have because it's so easy for them to say, "Hey, I got a couple of minutes. Can we look at some things?" And it's like, "Yeah, let's jump into the Evercast room and I'll show you some stuff." You know, um, but you know, let's jump back into the the health stuff. And it's that's a that's really a tough one. Like I, you know, I, I, yeah, I have my good times and I, and I, I have my, my, my bad periods for sure. So, you know, that, that's a constant sort of battle, but, um, but in terms of just the actual time part of it, man, I, you know, I, have I've literally done everything where it's like, I start early in the morning. I do the late night stuff. I mean, you know, I will say this, you know, having a little bit more, luxury in terms of when you're doing the supervising editing um being able to not have to carry all this sort of responsibility you know i mean those are the things where you know trying to have the be healthier on that side of it with relationships too you know i mean you know in a new relationship you know making sure i'm you know i mean i'm I'm putting in my time and it's not all about the work because you know at a certain point it's just television you know i mean it's it's fun and it's exciting but it you know but there's a lot more to it, too. So, you know, I, I, I really do try and make sure I balance, you know, all of it.
0: When I have the money, I'm going to create an entire billboard that says at a certain point, dot, 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 it's just television. if we could just get everyone else to understand that it wouldn't be so hard
1: i know and and like i said there's so much of it out there now too that it's so crazy because you really you know you work so hard on these sometimes and you're so excited and then you know like i said some things take off and other things are just you know they come and they go you know and you're just like boy i thought that was going to go be bigger or that was going to be you know better and you know but but like i said but The beauty of it is there's there's always another show and there's always these other relationships, so.
0: Which is why one of the things you said is so important. It's all about the process because you can work for months and months and months and months and guess what? It's a thumbnail on Netflix. That's it. It's one thumbnail. So you better enjoy the process, because if you're hoping that it's going to lead to something else or be big or whatever it is, you gotta love the process.
1: Listen, if you do not like the intricate of post production, if you don't like, I mean, obviously we don't have to worry about the technical side, but I I like to geek out and, and get you know the understanding of, of all of it. You know, it's funny I, uh, I was talking with uh, a high school friend of mine who reminded me of one of my first sort of editing projects that I did with him, we had to do like this commercial uh for some like product. It was like a business class we were taking in high school. We had to do this commercial for this product that we were trying to sell. And I had him come over the house. I had two uh, uh two forehead BCRs set up with the, and I and I bought a microphone that I plugged in and we basically I dubbed movies from you know, all of our favorite movies. And we just re-recorded the dialogue with, you know, you know, pitching this, you know, this, these product ideas. And and I remember him saying to me, what the hell are you doing right now? Like, (laughs) I don't understand, like, how do you know how to do this? And it's just like, oh, I don't know. I mean, you just, you know, do the, so it's like, it was one of those things where, you know, it was a, a process that's, you know, either you, either you love it or you don't. I mean, there's no sort of faking it because I've definitely, obviously I've worked with assistants and editors you know where you could tell it was a nine-to-five job which is great but then you know you 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 don't you know like because obviously you can make a good living as an assistant editor you can make a good li- you know a good living as an editor if that's all if that's what you want it to be that's you know that's fine but if you want to do the advancements and you want to you know become an editor and then you know then you have the editors who want to become directors and you know i mean so it's it's one of those things where you know it it there has to be a love of that process. Otherwise, you know, you'll never get those opportunities and and, and, and breaks.
0: So final question for you. I'm very curious about this one because I definitely don't know the answer. Is somebody like me who loves the challenge, who gets bored with doing things that they get good at, now that you've reached the point of supervising editor, managing a whole bunch of other editors, working on big shows, what's next for you?
1: It's a good question. I mean, you know, the the directing aspect is something that I always – keep in the back of my mind. I mean, you know, I I I wrestle a little bit with it. It's, you know, I, I think, I think ultimately I feel like I'm gonna need to challenge myself. And that that might be that might be the next step. But I will say supervising editing is a nice position. You know, it it sort of gives me that balancing act that I've I feel like I've worked for a while to sort of achieve. And at the end of the day, I do love like I, I love the editing room. I love that process. I mean, I've been on the set. You know, you you know what I mean. I've been on 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 all aspects of it, and that I can get bored very quickly in that world. Like I love the material when it's already there. You know, I mean, I'll yell at it, and it makes and it frustrates the hell out of me. But I, you know, I mean, in terms of the way my brain works. You know, like that's where I'm at my my most comfortable. But it, but I do keep the directing thing in the in the in the back of my mind because I you know, I think it's the logical sort of uh, of next step. Uh you know, if I, if I want
0: to. Well, I'm going to pencil in a podcast in a year or two to help people understand the transition from editing to directing even better. So we'll, we'll we'll have to put that, put that on the calendar. Perfect. Uh, That having been said, this has been a tremendous pleasure. It was everything I hoped it would be and more for the years and years. I wanted to get you on the microphone. I'm glad we could finally make it happen. Do you have any other final thoughts? Anything else that you want to share that you think is necessary for people to hear that want to move forwards that want to grow themselves that want to take the next steps in their career have we missed any final nuggets of wisdom? Uh,
1: the persistence part is really, you know, you know, I mean it's it is one of those things that you you, you got to I mean it's it's easy it's easy to sort of put yourself out there, you know, like you did and you know like a lot of people that sort of reach out to me But you, you know, you got to continue with the follow up to, you you know, like I I get obviously you don't want to pester people, you know, but I think it's important that once you start getting those, you remind people that you are sort of um, uh, you are taking those steps and or you're remind people that you're taking those positive steps to make things happen, because those are the things that do sort of excite me and and you know, will keep me in your, uh, I'll remember when people will happen to call and say, hey, you know, I'm looking for an assistant. Do you know, you know, do you know anybody or even just a show? Hey, we're looking for an editor, any recommendation. So, you know, like I said, it's 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 the, the reminding people, which, you know, even myself, I, you know, I mean, like, obviously, I'm fortunate that I, I tend to get the, you know, I get the calls. But, you know, but I do try when I do have those downtimes, I catch myself a lot reaching out to people that I haven't in a while just say, hey, I mean, I'm out here. I'm not necessarily looking, but just wanted to say hi and check in and see how you're doing or you know, what you've been working on and and what's sort of going on, that type of stuff. So so the persistence part and the, you know, and and letting letting people know, you know, even if it's just the, you know, the the minor sort of detail, because it's it's easy to send a text, easy to send an email just to say, hey. Just letting you know, I'm working on so and so, and you know, if you hear of anything, just let me know. Because you'd be surprised. Like I feel like there's been a lot of times where someone has sent me something, and within a couple of days, something just happens to at least come out. I mean, not that they've gotten a job over it, but at least I've been able to recommend they've gotten an interview, that type of thing. Where, you know, where it, it like, like it's easy to just. Remember somebody when they're fresh when you when you're sort of taking that effort of reaching out and sort of checking in.
0: Yep. I always tell people they're not necessarily going to recommend or hire the most qualified candidate. They're going to recommend the most recent one. Oh yeah, I just talked to this guy the other day, right? And I always teach my students, I have an entire flow chart, which probably doesn't surprise you. A whole flow chart and a whole system. (laughs) I call it the Andy Dufresne technique because it goes back to Andy Dufresne wanting to get the money for the library in Shawshank. He just sent the letter every week, every week, every week. Years later, stop sending us these letters. Here's your damn library and all your money, right? You got you got to be polite and you have to be patient. You also have to be persistent. So, yes. We're on, we're totally on the same page. Um speaking of being patient, you've been on the microphone for just short of 2 hours and I want to want to thank you for that and appreciate your patience. This has, been <laughs> has a- it really been two It hours? has been almost 2 hours. Um, so no question at this point, we've got ourselves a full-on two-part episode for sure. Uh, but this has been a tremendous pleasure. Um, I'm just going to say it on the record right now. I owe you a tremendous debt of gratitude because you are one of the people that recognized that I could do this and I could do it at a high level. And without you making the recommendation, I would be telling very different stories about my career right now. I know <laughs> I would have figured it out and I know I would have made it, but you helped me make. making it. So.
1: yes i mean there's no doubt you you would have figured it out because you were one of those guys but trust me you're one of those people that you know that i'm i i get very i'm very happy and excited in the way that things have sort of worked out for you because like you you take it beyond anything that i would have met ma- imagined you know i mean like you're you know what you've done in terms of post-production and trying to take it to that next level like I don't know where you have the energy from. I mean, you know, I mean, I I know about the hyper-focus thing, but I'm really good about hyper-focusing on one thing, and you seem to be able to kind of take that to the, the next level. So you know, congratulations in terms of everything that sort of happened for you and it couldn't have happened to a better person.
0: Well, I very much appreciate that. On that note, if somebody listening says, man, I got to connect with this guy, what's the best (laughs) way that somebody can reach out to you? And I promise you're not going to get a deluge of messages, but there might be one or two. Somebody wants to connect (laughs) with you, how can they do that?
1: Uh, They can always send an email, stephenlang09 at gmail.com.
0: So you've that's, at least you've at least it. made the the migration from AOL to Gmail. That's good news because I still have your AOL uh, account.
1: Oh, uh, trust me, it's like one of those I can't get rid of it at this point now. You know, but uh, and when it does make its comeback, and it will be any minute now, <laughs> uh, uh, I, I am prepared.
0: <laughs> Love it. All right. Well, this has been absolutely awesome beyond my wildest dreams. Cannot thank you enough once again. So uh, thanks for being here. Thanks, Zach.